nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Live from Swansea, this is the Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn. Boridapab Kroisoy Abatawi and Nadolik Lawen. So, welcome to Swansea. Merry Christmas. Um, tonight, we discuss some of the challenges faced by every family at Christmas, how they affect the most disadvantaged, and what schools can do to support them. We're kind of drafting a last minute pastoral message to send out before the end of term. So, tune in, talk it out. Let's go. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello everyone, welcome to Swansea and the Dolly Clowen. Uh, Merry Christmas to you all. It is uh, the Christmas episode from me on the Twilight Show on Teachers Talk Radio and we are live. It is the 15th of December right now and I hear uh, that some people are breaking up for Christmas tomorrow. Not myself, we break up next Thursday, although I do hear that some people are breaking up all the way on next Friday, which uh, for me, I think would be a a day too far. I'm looking forward to next Thursday as it is still some things to do. And that really is what we've got this evening. Um, We are going to be discussing some of the challenges that are faced by our young people and their families over this next period. And if you work in a pastoral role, even if you don't, if you've just got the uh, login details for that admin parent mail text messaging service whatever you use and you can send out some of these tips and advice and help to people over the christmas period hopefully there's something for you to take away from this show now i wanted to start off as we are here in swansea with a little dylan thomas from a child's christmas in wales one christmas was so much like the other in those years around the sea town corner now Out of all sound except the distant speaking of voices, I sometimes hear a moment before sleep. That I can never remember whether it snowed for six days and six nights when I was twelve, or whether it snowed for twelve days and twelve nights when I was six. And there's so much I love about that part of the poem when I think about particularly my time in a primary school in Uh, the Christmas period and we would be doing nativities and I've been lucky enough to go and see my own son's nativities Uh, both of them uh, this year have done nativities and actually I reflect on I was uh, shown a clip of one of the young people I work with now uh, singing at the Christmas uh, performance for the the school I currently work at and if if you know anything about my my role uh, you know engaging with school can be hard for some young people so seeing them succeed and seeing them shine yeah with the talent they've got I mean it really brought a tear to our eye and Christmas is a really special time for that but Christmas brings its own challenges now aside from our wonderful Welsh poetry that we started with I wanted to start with a little bit of a light-hearted look at some of the research around Christmas that maybe tells us what's going on at this time of year this piece uh, a lot pulls from 
a blog uh, by Glenn Wright uh, for all the Times Higher Education Supplement called Santa the Stranger and Demanding Kids Academic Research at Christmas. Now, if any of this rings true with you, of course, we are live. You can text us in if you're listening in the Podbean app. You can call in to share your thoughts. And you can, of course, tweet us at TT Radio 2022 for now until uh, the, the the bells chime for New Year, of course. Um, but you can get in touch there. And of course, you can tweet me at Lesson Copy as well if you want to join in the conversation. Uh, now, as I say, Glenn Wright talks about some of the things that we know about Christmas. He says he's not a huge fan of Christmas in this article and so takes a kind of cheeky look at some of the things that are going on. Uh, so here's his roundup of uh, wacky winter research. Uh, first one that he pulls on is some research uh, from Alexander Shulgin who postulated that the spices that we're using around this time, and I guess some of those scented candles that I do happen to have in my house as well, are producing chemicals similar to amphetamines when they're baked. So we're talking nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, and they're potentially acting as natural mood enhancers. Maybe that's why we're happy at Christmas. A little bit of research there. Another piece of research that he pulls on is around those children and how uh, much they are asking for. And he said that, some analysis of 344 letters to Santa suggested that the average was asking for seven guests, gifts uh, per letter, uh, with Barbie, Ninja Turtles, Nintendo and New Kids on the Block apparently being popular demands. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think he did pull that research from the 1990s. Uh, that would explain a lot. But when compared to some 1970s research, where they were just asking for 3.8 gifts per letter, it kind of shows that trend of upward uh, consumption at Christmas. And that's something that we're going to talk about a lot later when we start looking at how Christmas is going to impact on some of our disadvantaged families, some of our at-risk communities, and what we can do to support them. But yeah, I, I can, as a parent of young children, I can reflect that adverts on the Christmas telly are definitely something that I am having to fight against. And I wonder, you know, is there something schools can do to support that? I don't know. Text in, call in, let us know your thoughts. Uh, but these kids are asking the man in the fur coat for these presents. Well, another piece of research that they found was comparing the facial expressions of children as they queued up looking waiting to meet the big man himself in person and they looked at 300 children and when they analyzed their faces they found 247 of them were in fact deemed to be indifferent uh, to the experience and actually 47 of them were deemed hesitant now we might think okay you know they're queuing up maybe it's that but when they analyzed the adults who were accompanying the children to meet the big man they found that most of them were wearing an exhilarated expression on their face. Now, no explanation was offered, but I think we can probably interpret from that that maybe some of that pressure to enjoy Christmas is coming from adults. And, you know, we're trying, like a Charles Christmas in Wales and Dylan Thomas in reminiscing about those times before, maybe our own pressure of reminiscing of what a Christmas should be like is putting some of that pressure onto young people about how they should be spending Christmas. So there's something to reflect on there as well, particularly as we are adults in these 
young people's lives. Now, finally, a little bit of Christmas economics from research across the board here and pulling on all different parts. But he found for his blog that during the Christmas period, the US stock market surges in the pre-holiday period, although it's decreasing over time, but well, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, alcohol consumption and related accidents and deaths spike during the holidays. Again, I'm not surprised, but I think when we talk about some of our vulnerable children, and our vulnerable families, that alcohol consumption, we're going to need to talk about that in a little bit more depth, maybe in a darker tone a little bit later on. Uh, apparently, suicides actually decrease over Christmas. The number of people dying from cardiovascular vascular diseases increases markedly. I'm guessing we're talking heart attacks, uh, although the exact reasons for this are unclear. Uh, and finally, women do most of the Christmas shopping, men are happier, more kids are conceived, although he doesn't pull together any causal links between any of those three things. So I guess Merry Christmas to everyone and lots of mixed things going into our holiday cheer. Now, I think it would be, you know, we are not going to be talking too joyously. I wanted to start happily. We, we have talked about some of the positives and Christmas is a wonderful time. But I think, you know, if we're talking pastoral, if we're talking care, if we're talking some of those messages that we need to send out before the end of term, I think it's really important that we look really starkly at the situation and the communities in which we are serving. And I wanted to pull on an article from the Shropshire Star for this one, who were talking about, you know, a headline grabbing from October this year, that nearly half of Shropshire spenders expect to borrow money this Christmas. And when we talk about, you know, those presents that the, the children are asking for, those expectations on how we spend our Christmases, whether that be matching pyjamas and photo shoots to go on Instagram or, you know, which uh, version of the PlayStation is, is latest or any of those things that we are asking for. The competitive edge of Christmas certainly exists. And this was a survey that showed nearly half of the people who asked will borrow to cover some of or all of their Christmas spending this year. Apparently, we're talking about a quarter of people in the UK are worried about going into debt this Christmas. Um, it was Shropshire's credit union which carried out the survey of its members and it was the residents not to use this unplanned debt to tide them over. And it is a worry, as I say, the competitive element of Christmas that we're talking about. And our young people are involved in that. When they are hearing in school and we are discussing Christmas plans, we are discussing what we're going to be doing or, or their peer group are discussing what they've asked for what they're getting you know i from the young people i work with in the older age brackets certainly they tend to know what they're getting or they tend to you know it's been discussed there seems to be uh, no surprises uh, generally and so it is openly discussed um, Steve Barris, a development officer for the organisation, said, our survey shows that many people do set a budget for Christmas, but one in three said they always or regularly go over the budget they set themselves. Financial concerns this year are something that's going to come up again and again. And when we look at the advice and things that can we, we can be doing, and certainly I would be saying, you know, if you hold the, the password to that parent messaging service that you have, some of these things, whether it be an email, whether you're a head teacher and you can send out that newsletter, a text with some of the numbers for support on it are things that we can get out 
just to guide people towards what's available to them. As I say, the article ends with research that shows across England there's been an, also been an increase in illegal money lending. And whilst it might appear at first to be a friend who's helping them carry it out, it can quickly become threatening and extortionate interest rates being charged. Now, certainly that money element is an issue. Uh, in an article from The Big Issue, the, the magazine, they talk about how that is affecting young people. And the headline for it is the children missing out on Christmas in the cost of living crisis. And certainly, depending on where you work, I would say, prob you know, possibly across everywhere we work now, people are, you know, considering tightening their belts. We've had a cold snap recently, and certainly with the fears around uh, heating costs and heating bills, I think, you know, th this is a really worrying time for some of our young people that we're involved with. As I say, this is an article from the 11th of December 2022, and they talk about for some families living in poverty, Christmas is just another day in a long battle to feed their children during this cost of living crisis. Uh, you know, it's a magical for children, a magical time, and they wake up to stockings filled with presents and smells of festive feasts wafting through the kitchen. But it might not be the way. And they pull on an interview with a, a single mother from London, a, De, a Denise, they call her. And she, she goes on to say, I can't even think about Christmas, to be honest with you. We'll have it next year if the situation changes. I would love to get them a turkey or a special chicken. But she admits Christmas is least of her worries. And it's just another day in a long battle to keep her children fed. Now, those children go to someone's school, they go to one of your schools, they go to my school, you know, there are many children and young people like that. And whilst we are doing lots of things at the end of this year, and we are collecting presents, we are uh, giving out presents, we are celebrating and having parties in our classrooms, I think it's worth reflecting on, you know, the, the reality of what we are uh, sending our children home to at the end of the school day or, or over the Christmas holidays. And what we can do, how we can do it, to support that, whether it's in how we spend the last few days of term or it's in messages that we send home or advice and support that we can guide people towards. Um, the Childhood Trust, as the charity has found a 40% of children aged between 6 and 16 are facing food poverty in London. Uh, that's families that cannot afford to keep themselves fed and on a national scale, one in four families experienced food insecurity in September, according to the Food Foundation. That means it's affecting 4 million children. And as I say, if you're listening to this, we're talking about 25% of our school or 40% of our school or more, depending on where you work, are facing that food insecurity. So when we talk about Christmas parties or when we talk about what we're doing, is that the reality? Is it a... Are we building up something too big in our head, in our in our heads, in our, in our young people's heads? Are we setting our aspirations to such a high level that that they feel they can't live up to, or actually, you know, their families feel they can't live up to? And that's something I'd love to hear your thoughts on. So don't forget, text in, call in, let us know. You know, how do you feel about the expectations around Christmas? Are they too high? Is that Instagram? Is that is that social media driving it? Is it you know celebrity culture? you know, that, that we have to have that Christmas tree or those lights on. I don't know. 
Guinness goes on to say, um, you know, we've never seen levels of food insecurity that high before. It's an alarm bell. The face of growing adversity and diminishing power of household income. It's really hard now for families on low and even middle income to make ends meet. And if a net consequence of that is children having to miss meals, that's really serious. It's actually a public health crisis. And I would say so. And I think, you know, a thing to pull out there is whilst you're making those lists of who to support or who to target with those. And hopefully if you're in charge of pastoral uh, elements of your school at the moment, you've already started to take this into account that actually free school meals is a very poor metric for targeting support into families. And actually, you know, there are elements that, you know, the where they do not meet the criteria there are people who do not meet the criteria for free school meals and are struggling there are people who are working full-time and are struggling um and so i think you know as we broaden that now or as we target people you know there may even be people who we would outwardly consider to be you know very well off but are actually facing some insecurity facing some worry uh facing some stress and we'll talk about how that stress uh is in the family home can affect the young people as well. We do our best as adults, as teachers, to protect them. But, you know, if there is uncertainty, if there is doubt, if there is stress in the household, you know, those things are, are not necessarily going to be supportive or helpful for our young people. And we know that they pick up on them. Now, I don't want to focus too much, as I say, of all of our guidance and all of our advice on what we typically call the disadvantage, because Christmas affects all families. And, you know, no matter how considered and how, uh, you know, uh, open we are to the idea that, you know, uh, these things can happen anywhere and problems can happen anywhere. When I look at Christmas and I'm thinking of my boys, they are going to struggle. And I don't, you know, consider them to be disadvantaged. I don't consider them to face too much adversity. But, uh, you know, it is going to be a tough time for them. And we need to think about all of our families. So what should we be doing for all of our families? And, and that is where we start out. How are you setting out your stool across the board for all families at Christmas? And we're going to talk about uh, a piece of writing from romper.com and it's called how the christmas affects your child's brain for better or worse there's lots for our little ones to process and whilst we're winding them up at school whilst we're having our christmas parties whilst we're we're filling them full of excitement and cheer and then bouncing them out the school gate ready to pack our our cars up and go home ourselves and crash out we need to think about actually you know is that the right thing to do is that right for the families we're sending them to as we hype them up now uh priscilla blossom who writes this piece says um if you celebrate christmas you know it's a time of year that can seriously affect your own mood and thinking but as a child i was always excited at the prospect of twinkling lights family time and no school and of course the gifts what makes us feel good at that time of year and what's got them worried if anything and how can we support them through it all now we start off with the highs and lows of the christmas season and for one thing there's the anticipation factor i see this in my boys already i 
don't know how many more times we can be counting down exactly how many days you know we have advent calendars uh, to keep track but also you know we are starting to get into that counting down mood in fact as teachers you might be counting it down too whether that be till the end of term anticipation is in this time of year but how does that affect affect us now uh, Dr. Bethany Cook, who's a licensed clinical psychologist and a mother of two, says that counting down anything can result in feelings of excitement, anxiety, frustration, fear and happiness, of course, to name a few. She explains that this in turn releases dopamine in the brain, uh, which can make us feel happy. Uh, additionally, lots of how the brain processes Christmas and Christmas Day depends on what's going on around them, particularly our awareness of inequalities and we've talked about this earlier on how we are gauging ourselves to others how we are seeing what others have compared to us those comparisons can be really powerful she says not all children experience positive feelings around the holidays and increases in parental stress may be released in an abusive manner towards a child there may be food shortages and there can be also these concerns about heat in the home she says the lows feel bottomless and the highs seem limitless. And I guess where you see yourself and where you see those around you, those comparisons can seem very hard. It can also seem that we are feeling out of control. She says their body's hormones are releasing a metabolism, a little extra around the holidays, which makes them extra tired, irritable, and more easily thrown off their game. So you have to be patient with them and yourself. Now, I think that's something I'm going to remember as a teacher going into these last few days of term about how we are going to be extra tired. It has been a long term. We are going to be extra anxious, extra excited, extra nervous, extra irritable. And as we move through, what can I do as a teacher to support that? Well, as a parent, they're suggesting that we focus on the positive, And I would take that as a teacher as well. They say a review of 32 studies over the past 50 years published by the American Psychological Association Journal for Family Psychology found that family routines and rituals, including Christmas traditions, had a positive impact on children's health, adolescents' sense of identity and stronger family relationships and more. And I think that is important. I don't think that the nativity is there just to show off, just as a celebration. I think the fact that everyone has done it, I think the fact that your cousin did it, I think the fact that your older brother did it, I think the fact that you may know your mother or your father did it and their grandparents did it, I think that passing on of tradition helps us stabilise us in this time, that there is a routine and we always do that and there's a consistency to it. And it's not about the size of it or the flashiness of the costumes, it's about the event happening. And I really do, you know, value those routines and those things happening over what the actual thing is. The fact that it's a routine, I think, is really important and a ritual. They talk about nostalgic reminiscence and it helps a person maintain a sense of continuity despite the constant flow and change over time. Uh, and that was from nostalgia expert Dr. Christine Bancho in an interview with American Psychological Association. She says, it is reassuring to realise how rich our lives have been, how much joy, hard work, success and excitement we've experienced. And the research shows that children as young as five and six can feel this nostalgia as well. And that time for reflection, I think, is a very positive thing. 
there will be some cases where we need to consider that. And I think when we look at a little bit later into some of the issues around Christmas, some of the issues, particularly for disadvantaged families or families in crisis, lingering too long on nostalgia can possibly be a bad thing. I'd love to know your views on that. Text us in or call in. And of course, you can tweet us at TT Radio 2022 or tweet me myself at Lesson Copy on Twitter. And you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook and on YouTube uh, where you can follow us and you can comment if you've got something to say about whether you think, you know, what we can do to support young people at Christmas and, and, and what schools should be doing as part of that as well, as well as the families, as well as the wider community. Now, we've talked about our young people and whether they're feeling regulated or not regulated. And Dr. Cook in this article talks about what to do if a child is overwhelmed. They say holiday lights may be overstimulating or the constant repetitive singing of songs might drive your kids nuts. Now, you know, when I was in primary school, it would drive me nuts. And actually that that burnout from everything being Christmas, from Christmas songs, from Christmas lights, from Christmas dinner, from you know, jingling, jingling, jingling constantly. You know, I think sometimes we need to think about what we should do for a child who's visibly struggling in those situations. We might think that we are creating an atmosphere of fun. We might think that we are creating an atmosphere of anticipation and excitement. What we may be creating is an atmosphere of anxiety and worry. And we need to consider that. Um, the advice given is to create a safe and validating environment and then ask them what's going on. If you don't know you are struggling or you're trying to figure it out, then seek outside help as well from family or friends or possibly in your school if you have them a therapist. But it's something that we as a school can look to do to support young people from sensory overload or anxiety in the build up to the Christmas period. Now, some of us are struggling with having the perfect Christmas, and that may be where some of that anxiety is coming from as well. And I think there is, you know, an honesty and an openness to those conversations and also how we talk about social media use over Christmas and how much social media use, particularly for teenagers, is going to be helpful if you are sat at home not having an enjoyable time and you are on social media looking at pictures and Snapchats and Instagram posts of people having, opening their presence, people enjoying themselves. And I think we really need to have that conversation before we break up for Christmas about young people and social media and how they deal with it over a period, particularly if they are upset or they are not feeling positive about their own experiences. <sighs> Going on social media, while supportive in some elements, often, often can make us feel worse. I think that's a really important message to get out. Um, they say, uh, you know, as you get close to Christmas, take a few extra pauses in your day to make sure you're focusing on the meat of the holiday. That meat being time with the family, self-care, helping others. And I think that's important for us to do in school as well. It's not all about the gravy on top. It's not about the gifts, the parties, the events as Dr. Cook says. They also finished this article and, you know, before we pop for a quick ad break, they talk about what to do when the holiday season ends. And I think this is possibly one of the things that I reflect personally as the hardest is that after the high, what to do in between Christmas and New Year, how you handle that. 
They say children may feel blue for a few days post-Christmas as their hormones try to rebalance after the weeks of heightened anticipation, excitement and stress. Throughout all of this, Dr. Cook recommends following your child's lead and focusing on gratitude at the time of year. It gets your neural pathways firing and zoned into the positives instead of the negatives. And of course, us leading by example should help the children as well. Something that we need to be aware of at the last day of term and how we are framing Christmas and what actually is the message for the young people that we are giving out. And if it is being grateful for what we have and what the year has passed, then we are turning it on a positive. We're going to listen to a couple of adverts and we'll see you just on the other side. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Borida Paub, Kroisoi Abatawi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Swansea. Can't even get my English out properly. Welcome to Swansea and the Dolig Flowen. Merry Christmas. Now, tonight on the Twilight Show here on Teachers Talk Radio, we are talking about uh, some of the challenges faced by every family at Christmas, how those challenges affect our most disadvantaged, and what schools can do to support them over the period. We are kind of drafting a last-minute pastoral message to send out before the end of term uh, to help our families uh, maintain and support themselves over that period. So if you are in control of the email that goes out to all of your parents, if you have the password to the text messaging app, or if you are in charge of getting that last newsletter out before the end of term, hopefully there's some things in here for you to uh, maybe just put our minds at ease that we've done everything we can to make sure that everyone has an enjoyable Christmas and returns to us the other side safe and sound. Now, we are reflecting, of course, on how this affects children, but it's important if we reflect first on how it affects us as adults and and think about that in terms of how that might affect the young people we're with now some of the information from the charity mind um, at mind.org.uk talking about how christmas might affect mental health the examples that they give uh, specifically of challenges 
in the run-up to Christmas are things like you feel alone and left out because everyone else seems to be happy when you're not. They say you wish you didn't have to deal with Christmas or find it stressful because of other events in your life. They talk about feeling frustrated by other people's views of a perfect Christmas and if these feel different to your own experiences. Having ideas about what Christmas should be like and feeling as if you need to enjoy it or worry if something will ruin it. Um, And we've had a message in there already uh, from Caps uh, listener just saying the cost of living uh, is a complete joke at the moment and yeah you know feel comment in send those messages in you know we'll be talking about you know this how this affects all families but also how this affects disadvantaged families um and don't forget yep you can text in if you're listening live in the podbean app you can also tweet us at tt radio 2022 and join the conversation tune in and talk it out other things that people feel about christmas they feel that christmas gives you something to focus on and look forward to and then find it difficult when it's over and Cap's just saying there, that's what's making people feel alone. That struggle to deal with the cost of living crisis. And thanks for those messages coming in. Uh, we might say we want to celebrate uh, with someone who's struggling. Um, or they also list, and this is from the charity Mind, looking at mental health, that listening to other people's exciting plans makes me feel like an alien being, as if I don't have all those wonderful relationships in my life. Caps as 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 tweet text in to us just saying I like Christmas just for the break from work and to have time for my children. As I say, the charity mind go on to talk about mental health and how it affects people in general, and and this mainly is focused on adults at the moment. Before we look at how it affects young people and children, uh, just saying that your mental health problems might make it hard for you to spend Christmas how you want. You might have difficult and stressful experiences that could make your mental health worse. They say it can be harder to access services that normally help you, and some of these services might be closed during the Christmas period. That your usual routines may be disrupted, and this might make it harder to manage your mental health. I would say for me, I am very institutionalised by being a teacher and not having the routine of going into work. I find incredibly difficult, whether it's summer, whether it's Easter, whether it's Christmas, is one of those things that I find it very difficult. And when I reflect on that and the young people I work with, I imagine that when we talk about routines and maintaining routines over the Christmas period, it is something that they also reflect as being a challenge for them as well. If you're not getting up for something, when do you get up? Uh, the final one that they list there is, of course, New Year can also be a hard time making us look back on difficult memories or worry about the coming year. And we might also reflect on our lives and regret things that we haven't achieved. I think that's a really important thing when we talk about the looking back and the gratefulness and the thankfulness. If you are to turn to your class and say, yeah, what are we thankful for this year? I think you need to be very well aware of the situations that you are in and the difficulties and challenges that people have faced. Uh, Caps is messaging saying, uh, look at all the strikes happening. That's a strain for everyone's mental health. Certainly, you know, as we go through that, you know, we are, we are, we have had some tough Christmases. And whilst I think, you know, when I look at how hard this Christmas is going to be for myself, for other people, I think about the COVID Christmases that we had. I think, you know, 
I struggle to look back and uh, rosily over the past few years and think, and I think that brings its own pressure as well. You know, if we are going to, you know, if this was supposed to be the first big Christmas post-COVID, if this was going to be, you know, actually everything's back to normal and it doesn't feel very back to normal, you know, when you look at the cash in our pocket or the heating our homes or the things that are going on, uh, is there a pressure there to actually say, do you know what, this is going to be a big Christmas because of what's happened to the past few Christmases and does that put additional stress on ourselves, on families, on the young people that we're working with? Now, as I say, a lot of that was targeted at, at um, all people, at adults particularly, and some of us working with older uh, young people will relate to some of those things. But Childline have put together some things around how it affects children specifically. They go on to say, uh, Christmas can be an exciting time when young people get together to celebrate. Uh, but it can also be a difficult time if you're feeling lonely, worried or stressed. And they say that they've got some tips and advice for us to go through. They talk about getting support and how you can reach out and get support, particularly with some of those structures missing. And I think that, you know, if you are in a pastoral role and if you are a go to person daily for young people, then not being there, we have to reflect that as a system, us not being there for two weeks over a potentially difficult time is maybe not an ideal system. And I don't have an answer for that about how we can overcome that. I mean, I do have an answer. I'm not sure that the government would 100% agree with me when it comes to properly funding social services. But stepping back from that and feeling comfortable that you have left them with all of the information they need should they find it difficult to cope um, you know, is a, is a difficult time, I think, for pastoral staff. Now, as I say, Childline give us four ways to cope uh, for young people. Uh, young advice added. So if you're talking to young people over this period who you think are worried, you are worried about, here are their four tips that you would give them. One of them is to take a break from your family if they're starting to annoy or upset you. And I think that is an important one. I would, I would agree with that. You know, a, a nice piece of advice there. <laughs> being able to step out. You know, young people aren't great at going for a walk, but, you know, put your headphones in, zip up your hoodie, get out of the house for a little bit, even if it is, because cooped up at Christmas is not a great feeling. So, yeah, remind them that they can take a break from their family or specifically from the family in their house, maybe visit family in a slightly different part of town or a different house or, or share time with other people. Another piece of advice that I think we should be giving all people. This is a message that should be going out in every assembly, in every form time, in every bit of pastoral time is don't compare your Christmas to other people's or what's said on social media. Every Christmas is different. It's your Christmas. It's for you. And actually we know, you know, we should be having these regular pastoral conversations with young people about social media and what it presents and actually what the reality is behind that. People only put the best of them on social media for us all to see. And so, you know, comparing to that, you're always going to feel like you are subpar. Their third tip is say how you're feeling on message boards. Uh, express it with them at Childline. Talk to someone in an appropriate way. And I'm not suggesting that is, you know, maybe some social media platforms, but certainly if I was a pa in a pastoral role at a school at the moment, I would be adding to the bottom of my newsletter rapidly things like Childline things like some of the other ones that are out there to help, things like Beat, 
the charity that supports um, eating disorders. You know, over Christmas, an incredibly difficult time with you know with all of the things going on around food and image and and all of those things. I would be tagging those to the bottom of the newsletter as we speak or a text message, ready to send, ready to send out. Um, and that that is their advice. They also remind us, of course, it's okay not to celebrate because it can be a difficult time. You know, we talk about Christmas. Christmas consumes us as much as we consume it at this time of year in our schools. But not everyone does celebrate Christmas and that is okay not to celebrate Christmas. And the fact that we are talking about that and sharing those stories and those viewpoints with the young people that we work with. Not everyone does celebrate Christmas and and that is normal and that is okay as well. Now, as far as something else that we can do, and I've talked a little bit about those messages that are going out, some things that are really useful, and if you are looking for a quick takeaway from this episode that you can do, is the charity youngminds.org.uk have wellbeing advent calendars that you can take, uh, you can download. They have primary, they have secondary, they even have staff advent calendars uh, that you can take with tips on it and things that you can do. If you visit their website, you can download these. They could be sent out in an email as a PDF. You can uh, screenshot them and text them out uh, or send them on your school's platform for um, remote learning, which I imagine everyone still has up and running. You'll be able to get this out. But certainly these calendars, which take us, unlike uh, a normal advent calendar which would take us from the, the the start of january these ones start pretty much from the end of term over that holiday period um from uh monday the 28th there um all the way through uh, tuesday the 29th all the way through uh to the for the, the winter break period shall we call it they include things like you know in the primary school setting playing games craft activities that you can do, having a dance fun things that you can do within your day. This is your thing. This is your mindfulness. This is your well-being activity. In the secondary one, just going through, making an alternative Christmas card, going through, making affirmations about how you feel, having a mindful walk, even learning a TikTok dance is one of the things on there. But they're all downloadable, all as a PDF, and something that it would be very easy for people to do uh, and you can send them out and you can um, message them through your systems to young people to give them that little bit of extra advice and I don't think this is something that would take a lot of time I think it's something that would be able to be done as you're wrapping up the end of the year and the other one that I would certainly be tagging on for people so as well as the big shout out there to the youngminds.org.uk wellbeing advent calendars uh, would be the NSPCC who have a fantastic section on their website about uh, Christmas uh, where they are giving you know a wonderful charity that supports people and they talk uh, a useful one this I would say for parents sending it out on your your text messaging or on the bottom of a newsletter just with a list of easy cooking recipes for children with indoor winter activities for rainy days with Christmas films and books for the whole family you can go with and also tips on how you can cope with Christmas stress or with Christmas traditions around the world and eco-family Christmas guides. So plenty on there to support families as we go. Um, 
those things are simple things for us as pastoral staff for us to be able to do for us to be able to message out so that information is out there you know there will be a list within your area of other things that support young people whether it be the local uh, support line for people in crisis or young people in crisis or uh, whatever the wording of it in the area that you work in those messages should be some of the messages that are text out or sent out in those last days of term if you're able to set a uh, reminder send type feature on it you know a scheduled send so that they you know drop out regularly if possible you know over the Christmas period or if you have admin staff who work over that Christmas period you know having some of those messages sent out so that they are getting to the people when they need it when they're low you know they've got access to those bits of information um, some of the other uh, really important support and these this is messages that we can be giving as we talk to our young people rather than and, and you know I don't want to say come across as a as a grinch for want of a better word as I have been called before because it's not about that it's not about downplaying the enjoyment and the the fun of Christmas it's about supporting young people through what is for a lot of people an incredibly difficult time it's it's a time with a lot of challenges for some of us to to have to overcome and so this advice comes from youngminds.org the charity and their advice number one is we should be saying to young people keep it in perspective remember it's a normal day of the year you know you've got this christmas can be as big or as small an event as you want it to be and those are messages that we can send out. Um, and we just had a, a, a text in there saying uh, some people put on a brave face, not just the young people, but the adults too. And I think, you know, when we start talking about that support, some of the messages that we send out, and I'll talk a little bit about the challenges that are faced in in um, some disadvantaged homes or um, some, some vulnerable homes, um, and messages also some some helpline numbers that we should be sending out with what we know about what happens over christmas increases in domestic violence increases in alcohol usage we should be sending out those messages too because it's young people in those homes that we will be picking up the pieces with when they come back but for now as i say focusing on that you know that message of we should be saying not you know make the most of christmas it should be wonderful but hey do you know what it's okay to keep it in perspective they're number two is about they say don't bottle up your feelings and again that's a message that we can put out in our pastoral conversations with young people saying yeah talk to people you trust don't bottle it up don't try and hide it away don't be afraid to pick up the phone and that's where it's important that they've got quick access to where whatever your school's preferred direction that you direct young people whether that be childline whether that be the nspcc you know that message needs to be out there and that they know who they can talk to during this time because they can't talk to you because we've closed the schools and that's not meant to make anyone feel bad but it is just the system that we live in the third one that they say is use your time well do things that make you happy and this doesn't mean pressurizing yourself to be that life and soul of the party or doing things that are typically what people think should be done you should be doing the things that make you happy over a period of time that we all put aside 
to be happy. And so whether that's reading your favourite book, watching some Christmas TV, catching up with the family, those are all things that we can do. Now, their fourth piece of advice that they give us, and, and this is a really powerful one, I think, to, for us to be putting out for young people. We do say that Christmas is for the family, uh, but also take time for yourself. Remember to, you know, have some me time. It's great spending time with your family, but also take breaks from those social situations. If you're anything like me, is social situations and anxiety and building up and that pressure of socializing makes you uh, um, makes it more difficult and you need to take those regular breaks we've had a text in there just from caps uh, one of our listeners just saying the problem with that is when you tell someone uh, something they get stressed themselves i.e family uh, some people choose not to speak not to hinder others sadly and yeah i think that is really important that that that's why we should be getting these messages out of where there are other avenues of support and it's okay you know to talk to someone uh if you can't talk to anyone that's in your family but it's important that we give young people those those mess those options those pathways that they can do it uh, the final tip that they give from this is from youngminds.org.uk, the charity for young people's mental health, is to make adjustments to suit your needs. Prioritise whatever it is that helps you relax and feel time calm. Allow yourself time and space you need to cope and make decisions that suit your needs. If crowds make you anxious, you could do your shopping online, avoid your family, you know, avoid um, the, the big gatherings of your family and see them individually one by one. And there's some great advice there. And it's those kind of messages, I think, that maybe get overlooked in the the glitz of the Christmas show and, you know, the Christmas jumper day and the Christmas meal and all the things we have to do and the excitement of Christmas that we are maybe missing out on some of those uh, pastoral messages about how to look after yourself during that time. Now, we are shortly heading off to the news and when we come back I did want to end the show with what will be some some tougher conversations I think maybe about specifically how you know concerns around which people will have because when we talk about pastoral roles we talk a lot about disadvantaged and vulnerable families we've talked a lot during the show about things that we should be doing for everyone Christmas will be difficult and hard for everyone in their own way and when we come back we'll talk about how that specifically relates to disadvantaged groups or vulnerable families hopefully at the end there we will pick it up and, and feel a bit more positive because we have done everything we can to make sure this Christmas period is as smooth and successful for everyone but we'll see you just on the other side of the news. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out! Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading! This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, 
the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. TES magazine reported on news that Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said that the proposed schools bill will not progress in this parliamentary session. The bill itself was originally launched in May this year and covered a range of areas including school attendance, safeguarding and new powers over multi-academy trusts. Ms Keegan spoke at the Commons Education Select Committee, confirming that the schools bill will not progress in the third session. She also said her department remained committed to the objectives and would be prioritising some aspects of the bill. Of the aspects of the bill Ms Keegan stated she wanted to focus on, she identified the need for a register to identify an account for children not in schools, as well as helping more faith schools join multi-academy trusts. One area not seen as a priority, however, was the creation of more grammar schools with Ms Keegan stating her strong views that 93% of children will never get to go to one, and the belief that the academy structure remains the route to make the biggest difference to the most children the quickest. The Mirror Online carries a story about Labour MP Zara Sultana's proposal to widen the free school meal scheme in primary schools across England. Under the plans, all primary pupils would get access to free school meals. The current scheme for universal free school meals ends in year two. The article suggests that under the current plan, around 800,000 children living in poverty miss out on free meals due to the strict eligibility criteria. Ms Sultana will bring forward a bill in the coming week. The MP for Coventry South said it was a major issue when families simply can't afford everyday groceries and that providing meals for school was another strain she went on to point out that both Scottish and Welsh governments have plans to introduce universal free school meals, but accused the government in England of prioritising tax breaks for the wealthiest people. Warwickshire World Online News site reports on the arrival of delegates from around the world to a conference focusing on developing technical education. More than 50 visitors attended the event organised by the British Council at Warwick Trident College. The college is part of the WCG group. Guests arrive from a range of countries in Africa and Asia, with delegations including government ministers and education officials. A spokesperson for the WCG said technical education is one of the key pillars of a successful developing economy, and that the hope was that delegates would take away some insights which will have a positive impact on their country's developments in technical and vocational training. The latest Sunday Times Schools Guide has been released and many local news outlets are reporting on the successes of schools in their surrounding areas. Northern Ireland outlets report that the guide has rated seven secondary schools in the national top 50, calling this a significant achievement in light of the nation's comparatively small population. It was acknowledged that several of the Northern Ireland schools mentioned in the list have been described as highly selective grammar schools, 
with the DUP's Diane Dodds noting that whilst Northern Ireland is punching above its weight, there will always be areas where improvements can be made. She went on to point out that the list as a whole is dominated by expensive fee-paying schools. Finally, Keele University has launched the UK's first law undergraduate degree designed to help tackle the climate crisis. The new course in Law with Environmental Sustainability is the first of its kind in the UK. It has been developed to create legal professionals with a good knowledge of environmental obligations on governments and communities. Professor Alison Brammer, head of the School of Law at Keele said, the climate crisis affects everyone and we need legal professionals who understand the issues we face. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Borodar Palb. Hello everyone, welcome to Swansea and the Merry Christmas to you all. Um, tonight we are discussing some of the challenges faced by every family at Christmas, how they affect the most disadvantaged in particular and what support schools can give. Um, we are sort of drafting a last minute pastoral message to send out before the end of term. So as I say, if you've got the keys to the email that emails parents or the password to the text messaging system or whatever it is that your school uses or you know the person who's drafting that last uh, school newsletter before the end of term. There may be some website links, some phone numbers, some ideas from this show that you can squeeze in there at the end that will just help some people out in what is a wonderful time of year. It is a, you know, a truly magical time for a lot of people but can have its stresses and its strains and its challenges for some. Now I said uh, before the break we'd been talking about that those general approaches that we can do for everyone because any person can struggle at Christmas Um, you know it's, it's not tied in but for some groups in particular we know that there are additional factors and pressures that will make it difficult. Now, I'm going to refer to a Schools Week article that came out. It was an opinion piece that came out yesterday, um, in fact. And it was called, Do Schools Understand What It's Like to Be Poor at Christmas? It starts off with uh, a piece of um, a fact, a piece of data from a recent uh, House of Commons briefing paper. And it suggested that on current trends this year, um, the share of children in relative low income, after housing costs will be as highest for as far back as there is consistent data and that's the 1960s so we are facing a, you know a monumental challenge for a far greater number of young people and families than we've we've ever known before um or certainly in in recent memory or within the the the, the memory of anyone working at your school potentially 
They say that, you know, it's an increasingly common challenge for schools and Christmas can make things even harder for poorer pupils. When home life is stressful, being holed up together for two weeks surrounded by talk of presents can be unbearable. Um, they start looking at what the research says about how we can poverty proof Christmas. And it's not something I want to dwell on too much because I think there are, you know, wider societal factors that we need to to do there and particularly with a week left or maybe depending on where you're in a country a day left of term there are some things but I think that awareness um, there was a children in the north project in in 2013-14 that piloted kind of a research-based initiative involved in looking at pupils experiences of poverty and there a recent evaluation of that by Laura Mazzoli and Liz Todd it, it showed that teachers were often surprised by pupils' reports of stigmatisation when it came to poverty and how they felt. Um, one of the suggestions that they came up with, or one of the, the viewpoints that they came up with, was how do we overcome this student fear of being humiliated or shamed that leads pupils and all families, I would say, you know, I think everyone is at risk of this, of trying to hide their poverty. You know, the stressful process of that kind of impression or image management, such as refusing to disclose their circumstances or telling their parents about school trips or, you know, avoiding things that, that they feel could be unaffordable. I think we need to be more and more aware of it. And that's what this research shows as well, is that you might think you know how well the young people are doing, but because of the perceived stigma attached to poverty, there a lot of it is hidden. A lot of it is is you know, is 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 behind closed doors and we are sending them for two weeks to be behind those closed doors without a good understanding of of what's happening. Now, an, another aspect that we need to consider within this, and it is a tough thing to discuss, and you know, there, you know, there, there is a warning on this, we need to discuss some tough concepts when we're talking about some of the problems that people will face over Christmas. And this comes from um, an executive head from uh, Buckinghamshire, D Deborah Rutley, um, who is keenly aware that Christmas can be hugely traumatic for many of her pupils. She says, we try and make sure the focus of Christmas is on the human dimension. Um, she also says with that though, she's keen to avoid um, making it a fun-free zone. It can still be fun. And she says, it's a difficult balance to achieve, but schools gear up for the season of goodwill. You know, this um, Smith and Todd article research about the fear is being seen as poor might stop us from really understanding the, the, the problems that we are facing. Um, we've had a text in there from Caps just saying, some kids like school to get away from home, sadly. And I think that the some of those things around the structure, you know, the warmth, the food, the routine, the, you know, I know people don't like to think of um, their lessons as entertainment, but it is a, you know, a structure and an activity and something like, you know, I, I think it's okay to say that school is entertaining. It certainly is potentially more entertaining than being at home and doing nothing. 
Um, and so all of those things disappear. Um, and that is something for us to reflect on and, and truly understand. Now, we do finish off with some specific tips as we come through. Um, and, and a lot of these come from a teacher toolkit article on supporting specifically disadvantaged pupils over Christmas. Um, very recent. So, you know, reflecting those um, cost of living crisis that we face, reflecting the struggles um, that a lot of people are facing around heating their homes at the moment, and also reflecting um, the, I guess, it has been we have had some tough times recently. We have, you know, the, the, we have had COVID times, we have had um, economic hardship, and we have had uh, now uh, fuel and food poverty that we are facing uh, as, as we go into Christmas. And I think on top of some of those other bits, um, thanks, Caps, uh, for joining us this evening. It was great great to have your, uh, your input as we go through. Uh, and Nadolik uh, Lawin to you as well, as we say from here in, 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 in Wales. Uh, so, yeah, Merry Christmas. Nadolik Lawin. Um, now, some of the advice that they give, and as I say, there are some bits here that, um, you know, do come with, uh, you know, I don't like the word trigger warnings. It's tough conversations that we're having. But we know that over the Christmas period, domestic violence spikes. Uh, more alcohol is consumed. Uh, you've got relatives round for longer. Um, emotions running high. Uh, and some young people live in abusive and turbulent households and they dread Christmas. And I think also, you know, when we look at the families, uh, one of those texts that I would be sending out over this Christmas period would be uh, links to local um, domestic violence, help, support, uh, in whatever way uh, that can be, how, how that can be reported, how that can be supported. Um, and so that is a message that I would be getting out. Another thing that they look at in this this article is they talk about the cost of Christmas and you know we've talked already about people barely scraping things uh, money together you know whether or not there are free school meals and there are and I have articles if we get chance I'll share some of them a lot of places are continuing that free school meals provision over um, the Christmas period in some way or another whether that be kind of vouchers whether that be providing the meals access to different things you need to get in contact and find out what that is in your area and that is a text or email that needs to be sent out you know if you're pastoral staff and you you know you haven't sent out that information already you need to get that sent out so that people know where that that food is and also some of the other things that are going on I'd be considering sending out when the local food banks are open and also potentially sending out some information about avoiding. We heard right at the start of the show that borrowing money, going into debt, a quarter of people in the UK going into debt over the Christmas period, we need to send out information about if that is happening to you, safe ways to do it, avoiding you know, loan sharks and illegal money lending. Another one of the concerns and the piece of advice that they say to look forward to is about good routines undone. You know, attendance, behaviour, uh, work even doing those work and structure all of those things are really important parts of the school day they're things that i you know i i joke that i'm institutionalized but they help me with my day and so you may be sending out those reminders about hey do you know what a couple of days getting up and staying in your pajamas is good but not for the whole two weeks 
you know, let's have some days where we get up at a reasonable hour and we maybe get out and have a walk or we do some stuff in the house. Having those good routines are important. We've already talked about hiding poverty. And so we move on to our last section of talking about, you know, what schools can do. Now, this advice, as I say, comes from Teacher Toolkit, and we skate over some of their points and, and bring our own to it as well. But they say focus on the Christmas spirit. That's something that was brought up much, much earlier as well. You know, it's not about the things. It's about the being together with family or it's about the reflecting on the year and the positives of the year and taking them forward into the new year. You know, or it's about the giving as well you know it's not it's about those human connection attributes it's not about the material things and so focusing on that as a school is a really important message that we can be giving out in our you know last uh you know you're gonna have a form period you're gonna have pastoral time before the end of term if it's in primary just before you you know you send them on their way home and you've emptied their drawers to make sure they haven't left any sandwiches in there that are going to go rotten over the the christmas period that you know take that moment to refocus on what the the Christmas spirit is. Another important thing, and I think, you know, this is something for the new term now, as we get onto, they talk about adding up the cost of Christmas for the school. You know, when you talk about the Christmas disco, the nativity costume, the Christmas jump day, all of those donations, um, it can add up to quite a bit. And if you don't yet have a um, calendar, uh, you know, a total of how much you are asking of parents for a year, I would advise schools to do that immediately. You know, the, one of your first jobs when you get back in January, work out, you know, how many times a year are you asking for a charity donation? Of how much? How You know, a parent at your school, how much can they expect to be spending per child to attend your school? And I would be totting in there, you know, even some of the donations that we don't think uh, of as being you know an actual cost because you know so once you type put in school photos a few raffle tickets they're all normal things that we expect of parents you add them all up and they can certainly add up to a lot so if you haven't done that already for the whole school year I think we should all have that that should be something that school should have how much does it cost to attend here and of course the final piece of advice that they give is about supporting families now, I know that lots of schools, I've seen those photos and I've seen it at my own school run community kitchens where there is almost like a food bank or clothing bank that where they will do those things. They'll be going out and delivering food parcels potentially, but all of that information and support and help is something that is happening more and more in schools as we come through. Now, I think, you know, as we come towards the end of the show, one of the things that we've most often heard about and you know i i, I look through the, the research that i've done for this show and i see another article there from um sa uh uk and and the key points that they're pulling out domestic violence spikes issues around money issues around having people to talk to issues around uh, comparing and I think that is an important part it's too late possibly to have considered if the young people in your school are going to be bringing in presents for you 
I always, I'm against it and I always put it off. You know, a card is fine. A homemade card, even better for me. Those are things that, you know, I would happily receive. Um, But some schools um, do, you know, some schools, there is more of a culture of, of gift giving a, you know, parental competition for want of a better word. Uh, And it can just be unaffordable and, and unnecessary. It is nice to be thanked. I agree. But share that information publicly. You know, if you've got a week left, and, you know, I would say tomorrow, before the last weekend of term, for any schools who are on the same timetable as I am for their for their calendar year, send out a message tomorrow that says, please, as a school, you know, it's great that you want to thank our teachers, but, you know, a homemade card will suffice. You do not need to be going out this weekend and buying a box of chocolates and bottles of wine. You know, shoot me down if you want. But that is not what... Uh, teachers need uh, you know sometimes it's a mug and sometimes it just ends up as charity uh, shop fodder and certainly you know there was a uh, recent very heated debate on Mumsnet um, about this uh, this idea of what um, whether or not teachers should be should be receiving gifts at all now it's a tough one uh and uh, yeah, um, a woman s- sparked a heated debate after um, suggesting that families should stop giving uh, teachers Christmas gifts. And, uh, you know, as I say, it was on Mum's Net and it started with a title of Please Stop with the Teacher in TA Gifts. And she said, as someone who works in schools and knows many people who uh, do presents, uh, they're such an unnecessary pain. I, I would kind of agree. She says, uh, please no more mugs, teddies, chocolates, bizarre decorations. How many teachers, TAs, nursery staff do you think really want it? You are just gifting them a trip to a charity shop and the need for more bin bags, which I think is incredibly brutal. Um, but is worth, you know, if you are not expecting them as a school, make a stand because some people, it is an additional pressure that they do not need to go out and buy, spend £10 on a teacher when they could be spending that on their family. They could be less stressed through spending less money. Um, it's also worth checking your school's policy on gifts anyway. I know EDAPT have a lot of information on this where they talk about what the DFE says. Uh, you know, helpfully say it's up to the, the, the school body, but there certainly are some... Uh, schools, uh, the Buckton Vale Primary in Cheshire, which says that uh, no um, uh, cash or monetary gifts can be accepted. It says no hospitality uh, can be, uh, gifts can be accepted. Um, and uh, lavish or extravagant gifts um, need to be recorded. And in fact, actually, in a lot of schools, you would have to record or um, declare which gifts you are receiving if they're over a certain amount. So it's certainly something that, you know, I think we can do away with in this day and age. If you want to shoot me down, text in, tweet in, at TT Radio 2022. Am I a Grinch for saying that we don't need teacher presence in this day and age, in this time of austerity? We've heard there, you know, the highest uh, levels of, uh, potentially levels of uh, income poverty since the 60s. Uh, you know, that is... <laughs> you know, a really tough one. Uh, we've got a listener there who's just tweeted in saying, agreed. Um, yep. 
as I say, message in. Tell us where you're. Tell us where you're from. Tell us what you do, uh, and you can tweet in and join us. Now, I did want to say, I get I get sidetracked by talking about um, my dislike of Christmas gifts. Uh, you know, it's not about being a Grinch. I'm very. I'm all for celebrating Christmas, and uh, you know, as we've gone through this, I keep reminding or trying to remind you, list the listeners out there, that I am all for Christmas cheer what I think we need to do is accept that also there is some Christmas fear. You know, there are people who are struggling at the moment and getting those messages out, getting out a message about where they can access food support, where they can access financial support, where young people can access mental health support and things that they can do. Messages about healthy routines over the Christmas period, you know, whether that be that something like the advent calendar of activities to do through your time over um, the Christmas period, over the Christmas break. Um, also around family support, around things like domestic abuse, getting those messages out so that people have a hotline, have a number that is close to hand that they are able to um, use and support all of those things. Um, as I say, you know, I will talk through as quickly as I can, just before we finish, you know, I, I, there's a, a, a press release from Essex uh, government saying that they've got Christmas holiday vouchers, uh, 1.5 million allocated in Essex to help uh, support those in need over winter. Um, so, you know, if you haven't shared information such as this, it's, it's happening all over the, the country you know, £15 per week per child, that, that's enough to make a big difference. Um, so if you haven't looked into this, if you ha- if your school hasn't checked this out, these kind of things out, as I say, that one's from Essex, and they've got clubs uh, for, for open to young people eg- eligible for free school meals. That's probably something happening in your area as well. If you don't know that, you know, if you're a form tutor, if you're ahead of year and you don't, you're unsure if those messages have gone out, that's Essex. You know, I can tell you from the Nottingham Post, uh, you know, a similar article saying Nottingham families to receive food vouchers and free activities this Christmas. Nearly 20,000 children are being uh, supported this year in Nottingham. You know, £15 a week vouchers. These things are out there. You know, if you're unclear or you think that someone hasn't uh, taken up on that offer, uh, then they're there. But it is more than just the vouchers because some of this funding, again, in Nottingham, uh, children attending clubs. Uh, they say they had 20,000 children attend over Easter and half term, and the same clubs are running. They're happening in Nottingham Forest Community uh, Trust, uh, it says there. And and so those things are out there. Direct your children towards them. Because there is, you know, if you're having a tough time at home, being able to get out for a day, be able to have some structure and routine for a day, those are great things. Uh, we've had a, a text in there just from one of our listeners saying, spoke to a friend who's a teacher in Texas, uh, seemingly affluent area. Presents were given throughout the year, uh, oh, sorry, through the year in thanks for teaching their child watches, basketball tickets. The most expensive was a personalized Mont Blanc pen. Uh, wow. Yeah, you know, I think there are some affluent areas, but also I think one of those things is it can build a culture where of competitiveness between parents, where if you maybe are not doing as well as other parents and they are are all giving expensive gifts and you feel that you need to give something of a similar level and whatever your level that is at and I I, you know I have never worked somewhere where it is a 
uh, uh, tickets to the basketball or Mont Blanc pens, but I have worked places where it's a bottle of wine and some chocolates. And so everyone then feels that that's the standard expectation that teachers get a bottle of wine and a box of chocolates. But if that's something that you're going to struggle to afford, that's where we need to step in as the school and say, actually, we don't expect anything. Let's put an end to this, you know, culture of of giving. Um, we've had there uh, an, another message in um, saying, so many families are going to struggle. Great points you're making. We'll definitely be looking into how best to share messages and support the families and who they can contact. Diolk. Oh, Diolk and Val, a, a Welsh speaker. I'm sorry your username doesn't appear. It'd be great to hear from where you are. If you're actually in, um, you know, the in Wales at the moment or just have, have picked up a little bit of Welsh along the way. Uh, yeah, Diolk and Val. Um, and the Dolly Clowen to use a Z-S-Z-W-R-Y-D-B. Um, I think, you know, uh, so I was talking about Nottingham there and the support there. As I say again, you know, if you haven't got our messages about where all of these clubs are happening, um, that is an important message. Again, same message, this one from the... Um, the guide liverpool.com so a liverpool one free activities for kids and supermarket vouchers to support liverpool's families this christmas it is there i think a lot of people might know about the vouchers i think what is less known or maybe less public publicized is all of the amazing clubs support uh, activity days that are free for young people to go and that is my my, my final message Ah, Gareth. Fantastic. Uh, well, good to have you here listening, Gareth. Um, it's good to have another uh, Welsh uh, Welsh voice in the chat. Um, and Giselle here are in Miami, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, I wonder, you know, Giselle, are Christmas gifts for teachers a thing in Miami? You know, is there a competitiveness? Is it just a card? We heard, you know, a little bit there about some people getting bigger gifts even than that. I personally am against them. You know, I don't know where that comes from. Yes, they are. Sorry, a text in there from Shield, but they are the worst usually. Yeah, you know, I, I do have a cupboard full of mugs in, you know, I would say most school staff rooms, uh, there is a cupboard full of mugs uh that people have been given for christmas best teacher mugs maybe at the end of the year as well best teacher mugs that have maybe not been taken home maybe have been uh left uh to the staff room for the communal area and giselle has texted in uh like dry old uh, like old dry erase markers or post-it notes uh, do you know what actually i would i would love you know i take it all back i would love some post-it notes for christmas if, if there's anyone listening I, I really actually staples and post-it notes are things that go missing from my office regularly so yeah actually i take it all back send you know i do want presents and i want post-its and i want state um and i want uh staples um so it is the end of the show i'm afraid now if you have only just joined us we have been talking about and discussing some of the challenges faced by every family at christmas how they uh, affect the most disadvantaged and what schools can do to support them particularly as we come into the last few days of term here we've kind of been as we go drafting this pastoral message to send out before the end of term and i know that those key things that i've been hammering home about if you can get control of your school's text messaging app whatever it may be, or the, the email or the, the head teacher's newsletter, those things that I would love for people to go away and to put in them and make sure that they are there are who young people can reach out to 
if they can't reach out to their pastoral team over Christmas. You know, we are closing down for two weeks and some of them might need support. So we need to put those contacts out in front of them. Equally, who their family can reach out to, whether that be money worries or domestic violence concerns, who they can reach out to for support as well. And there is support out there. You know, I've read three different councils there. Nottingham, I read out from um, Liverpool, and I read out from Shropshire as well, where there is vouchers available for food, where there are activity clubs happening over Christmas. The support is there. It is up to us not to work over Christmas, but it is up to us before we finish to enjoy and rest ourselves, which we deserve as teachers as well. But it is up to us to pass on that information and make sure it's front and center for all of our young people and families before we go. Now, it is time for us to wrap up. Uh, the Ockenvale, thank you very much. Nodolik Lauen. So, yeah, Merry Christmas to you all. Um, and Nostar. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Gareth, as well. And um, uh throwing me off as I switch between languages but yeah that is me for this year oh no I tell a lie we'll be back on Twitter spaces uh, next Friday I am to do Staff Room 101 where I will have my Grinch hat on we will be complaining and we will be throwing stuff into the pit that is Staff Room 101 uh, good night Nostar and we'll see you all next time you've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.